Symphony of Shadows, Third Movement, Luce Spenta L'Ombra Muore, New Endings, Old Beginnings, Praise One. Tane stared down his piece of code. He'd been working on it obsessively ever since they got to this planet. He rubbed his eyes, red from glaring at a screen for... How long had it been? He checked the timer he set when they first landed. 54 hours, 31 minutes, 13 seconds, 87 milliseconds. Tane blinked. 54 hours, 31 minutes, 14 seconds, 99 milliseconds. Tane leaned back and stretched, bringing his attention to his robotic hand. It was an interesting sensation. Somehow his mind had already adjusted to the new reality. When he thought about it, there was no true feeling in the fingertips, but if he didn't focus, it didn't bother him much. The mobility was decent, better than decent even. He didn't know much about prosthetic, but the hand suited him fine, although he would sometimes go to rub his face with it and forget it was metal. Tane scrolled back up through his code. Just one more read-through, he thought to himself. Something felt off to him. He could feel the bug as if it were a real one, crawling up his neck. He was sure it would do what he wanted as is, but the code was like a poem to him. His syntax, his grammar, it needed to be elegant. He was proud of this algorithm, and it needed to be perfect. Ah, there it is. He erased a few lines and rewrote them. He finished reading it anyway to bask in its excellence, and when he finished, he ran it. Tane leaned back smugly, putting his feet up and interlacing his fingers behind his head. Hey, someone's voice shouted from behind Tane, startling him so he fell onto the ground. The man laughed. <laughs> you okay there, buddy? I'm fine, Tane groaned and quickly sprung to his feet. His hamstrings groaned in protest from sitting for so long. What is it? You're with that jazz lady, right? And that mechanic? Yeah, he asked. They arrived not too long ago. The mechanic was in rough shape. I helped him to the infirmary. Told me he'd been shot in the leg and to find you. Been at it for a little while now. The man looked around at the surroundings. Essentially a closet. It was the only place he could find that would be undisturbed by all the commotion. He needed to focus. Thanks, uh... Tane rubbed a metal finger to his temple and immediately pulled it away. Where is the infirmary exactly? Not far. I need to go that way anyway. You want to follow me? That would be very kind. I'm Tane. He made to shake the man's hand, which, Eos bless him, was his real one. Darius. The man took Tane's hand and shook it firmly. The two of them walked the corridors of the Firefox. When you say he was shot, I mean... Is he going to be all right? asked Tane. The man shrugged. I'm no doctor, but if he hasn't died yet, it'll be infection that gets him. And now that he's back, that'll be unlikely. Won't matter much if we're stuck here much longer. Word is they're almost done fixing the engines, though. Then there's Sornois, Sibel, and Red. We're in a thorough predicament. No question about that. What? Tane shook his head. When did all that happen? You've been under a rock? asked Darius. Tane motioned rhetorically back to the closet he'd just left. Oh. He didn't seem to know what to follow up with. What were you doing in there anyway? Oh, you don't want to get me started, Tane said excitedly. An awkward silence followed. Okay, okay, I'll tell you. No need, Darius stopped. 
I'm going this way. The infirmary is just down there. You can see the sign from here. Hope your friend's all right. Thanks, Darius. Tane smiled and entered the infirmary. He immediately saw Switch laying on a bed with the medic fussing over him. Enough, enough, I'm fine. I don't need any drugs for the pain. Just bring me some damn scotch or swill or whatever you got. Switch shooed away the man while Tani approached. What took you so long? He asked. Sorry, I was... Doesn't matter, now you're here. Lots happened. So I've heard. Where does Sornois, Cybele, and Red are around? Are we safe here? Tane realized how dumb the question was as it left his mouth, but Switch didn't judge. He looked unsettled, though. Doesn't matter. We found Jazz's parents. Tane raised an eyebrow. What do you mean you found Jazz's parents? Like, a picture of them? What's that got to do with anything? They're alive, Tane. They've been marooned on this planet ever since... Switch trailed off and shook his head, sitting up straighter. Not important. I need you to listen to me very closely, Tane, and do as I say. Of course, Switch. Anything. Just say the word. Switch nodded. I mean it, Tane. I know how you feel about Jazz and that you'd do just about anything she asked you to do. In this one thing, though, I need you to trust me and not allow your judgment to be clouded the way I'm certain Jazz's is right now. I get it, Switch. What does he mean he knows how I feel? I don't even know how I feel, Tane thought to himself, unable to stop some red from pooling in his cheeks. He instinctively brought his hand to his face to cover the embarrassment, but it was the metal hand again, and he flung it away. I'll do whatever you say. You can trust me. Switch loosened, reclining slightly. They're trouble, Tane. Always have been. I've never told Jazz this, but they were spies for the Pontifex during the war. They specialized in stealing technology through deep cover. They were both accomplished engineers, some real polymaths, the sort that put you and I to shame as talented as we are. They're on a whole other level, and single-minded. They had a child just to... <sighs> Switch paused. Their actions have caused a lot of pain to many people, and all the pieces are in place for them to continue the pattern. Jazz's parents are spies? Asked Tane, dumbfounded. That's kind of cool. Switch growled. Tane, you need to take this seriously. For once, I need you to understand the gravity of the situation. We only just found them, but I'm certain they're up to something. I can't keep an eye on them, the state I'm in, and Jazz won't listen to me. I don't know anyone else here who can help. It's up to you, Tane, and only you. What's up to me? he asked. I need you to spy on them. I need you to figure out what they're up to, what they're planning. Do you think you can do that? Spy on the spies? <laughs> Tane considered a moment. Shouldn't be too difficult, but what do I do if I discover what they're up to? Come straight to me and make sure you have proof. Be careful. This might be hard to believe, but they will kill you if you interfere with them. And if we act too soon, they'll find some Eosdan way to turn it around on us. You understand me, Tane. No matter what you do, they cannot know you're reporting on them. Shouldn't be too hard. I'm already plugged into the Firefox's surveillance system. I've got camera and audio for everything. Unless Jazz's parents deleted it already. Are they that good? Imagine anything is possible with them. Take every precaution. Tane nodded and heard someone enter the infirmary. He turned to see Gerta in rough shape, a grim look on her face. Gerta scared Tane, so he turned back to switch. Anything you can give me to go on? Where can I find them? What do they look like? They were in rags when we found them. 
Could be they've changed, but the man is thin and tall and the woman short with wide hips. That's all you've got? asked Tani. Not much to go on. The man looks a bit like me. We're related, after all. Switch shrugged. I told you, they're spies. No real defining features to go on. If you think you've found them, you can always send me a message and I can confirm. Okay, well, I'll run a search, I guess. Tane tapped into the Firefox's surveillance system and started running a search based on the scant information Switch provided. He let an algorithm sift through everything to narrow his options. The ship's manifest was paired with digital photos of all the crew, which meant he could sift through a lot of superfluous surveillance at incredible speed. While it was scanning, he heard more voices coming from outside the infirmary. It was difficult to know who because they were shouting at one another. The two people entered, and Tane immediately turned his head away. He lifted a hand to the side of his face as if that would do anything. Tane, is that you skulking over there? Jazz berated. No, he responded. Who's Tane? He kept his head turned and face covered. Jazz slapped him on the back of the head. Idiot. Switch, how are you holding up? By the sound of your fighting out there, I think I should be asking you the same question, said Switch. Jazz frowned and Tane was happy that the attention was suddenly off him. I don't want to talk about it. No time, anyway, said Jazz. Knox helped Gerta move closer to them while the medic started checking on her. I just need to sit, said Gerta to the medic. They already patched me up and pumped me full of meds on the ride over here. The man nodded and left them alone. Nice to see you again, old man. Still got that flask? Switch responded hopefully. The medic wouldn't give me any booze. Was about to ask you the same thing. All out. But we'll share a few swigs when we get off this air-stemmed planet. Switch chuckled and nodded. And how is it you plan to do that? He asked. With this. Gerta pulled a pistol from the back of her pants and spun it around like a cartoon cowgirl. A pistol? asked Tane. Not just any pistol. The pistol. Cybels? asked Jazz. How did you manage that? I've got uh, sticky fingers, what can I say? Gerta said smugly. How can you be sure it's his? asked Knox. That Woods. He fucked up. Who's Woods? asked Tane. He was sent by the Divine Republic, said Goethe, offering us all a pardon in exchange for our submission. And he's still alive? asked Tane, unbelieving. He's not so bad. He's got a history with Sornois, apparently. When we were on the trip back, Red asked Woods if he had a plan to get us back, and his eyes went to this. Goethe lifted the pistol. It was on Cybele's man, Trigger. A true bucket of bolts. The name made Tane shudder involuntarily, and his metal hand screamed with a phantom pain. I filched it when we were getting off the ship and replaced it with mine, Gerta continued. That's... Knox paused, considering his words. Well, it's not definitive. If Woods is smart enough to know that's our ticket back to the Constellation Sector, wouldn't he be smart enough to fool you? Red had him good and rattled. I'm telling you, he made a mistake. I noticed and took advantage. We hold the cards. So let's get back in space and be done with this. It is not that simple, said Knox. 
Even if that is Cybele's gun, when we return to the Constellation Sector we'll be too vulnerable. We'll need Providence, and what's happening there is a complete unknown to us. Before we can even deal with that, we've got a powder keg about to explode topside between Cybele and Red's crews. And Sornois. Nox trailed off. And Sornois what? asked Kerta. You said on the comms you had a lot to tell me, and why it said you were with Sornois. What happened? Nothing, responded Nox flatly. It doesn't matter. He gave Jazz a pained look. Nox smothered the emotion and stretched his hand to Gerta. Can I see that? Gerta handed the gun over and Nox gave it a hard look, his eyes distant. After a moment he said, This is Cybele's. It has to be. I went through the footage Jazz shared when he shot her. It's the same, no mistake. Great, then let's go home, said Gerta. I need to do something before we can leave, said Knox. What? asked Jazz. Knox emptied the pistol from his holster and replaced it with Cybele's. Convince everyone that I am worth following. I've led the crew astray too many times lately. If I don't unite us, then we're more likely to kill one another than get back. So we can deal with the next crisis, Gerta laughed darkly. You're right. But why is it have to be you? asked Gerta. Why it's mentioned that the crew is close to mutiny? Why it's kept them busy, but there's a lot of murmuring. Why not just hand it off to Sornois now that he's here? He's supposed to be the captain's captain anyway. First among equals or whatever. Let him deal with it. No, was all Knox responded. Why not? asked Gerta, frustrated. What did you two talk about? Leave it, Gerta, added Jazz. Gerda shot her a withering stare. He told me how my father died. Knox let out a breath, and Tani's own caught. No one really knew what happened to Avery, only that one day, he wasn't there anymore. Now is not the time to go into the details. Where's Wyatt? Knox tried calling him, but had no luck. Right then, Tani's HUD finished its search, only a few possible matches, which Tane began sorting through. It doesn't matter. I need to send a message to everyone. Gerta, I know you just came down here, but I'll need you by my side when I address everyone. I'll do what needs doing, responded Gerta, groaning as she stood. She faltered for a moment, and it was Jazz who slipped under her shoulder. Suka. Thanks. Least I could do for you saving our asses back there, but... Damn, girl, you're a boulder of a woman. The least you could do, Gerta said mirthlessly, but didn't reject the help. The three of them left while Tane continued searching the videos. Tane, are you coming? Knox asked. Me? Tane was surprised at the invitation. You're part of this too, said Knox simply, and we will need everyone together if we are to survive. Everyone. You will have your role to play. I... Tane paused and looked to Switch. Go, boy. Switch kicked at him. Just remember what I said. Tane nodded and followed behind Knox, looking through the videos. At first, he wasn't sure what he was looking at, but the algorithm would not lie. There was one person whose face was unidentified. Although he could not see the person's face, he could see that they were short with wide hips. Tane chuckled to himself. Was it really that easy? 
but Switch had told him to assume the worst. Tane followed the crumbs and noticed the person enter the shadow's edge. Then they were followed by what looked like that woods fellow. That was unexpected. Fear caught in Tane's throat. Woods was with the Republic. Before Tane could dwell on it, Wyatt appeared on the screen and also entered Jazz's ship. He fast-forwarded to the present. That's strange. Wyatt had never left. Tane gulped and looked up to Knox. You go on ahead, Tane stopped. I just, uh, I left something. Knox didn't look convinced, but nodded and continued toward the deck. Panicked, Tane tried to connect with Wit. The words, no connection available, flashed on his HUD. Alarm bells were ringing in Tane's brain. Jazz never suspended Wit. The AI was like an appendage to her. Tane looked back the way he'd come and considered returning to Switch. Then he turned his head forward, Knox's words rolling in his head. You will have your role to play. Switch had asked for proof. This was suspicious, true, but he needed to confirm. More than that, he needed Jazz to. If what Switch said was true, Jazz needed to know needed to discover it for herself. At least, that's what Tane told himself as he ran towards the deck. Or I just know that if I do this alone, I'm gonna screw it up like I always do. Tane was behind Knox again a few moments later. Did you get what you needed? He asked. I did, Tane said with more confidence than he'd expected. Good, said Knox as they came out to the deck. People were still streaming into the area, but the majority of the crew was already congregated in a loose mob. They'd formed a kind of circle around a few other notables. Tane had never seen them before, but Sornois and Red were not difficult to recognize. And then there was Cybele. The metal monster looked right at Tane and smiled. Symphony of Shadows is a production of Synapse Radio, written, produced, and performed by J.S. Rose. Follow us on Instagram at Synapse Radio and Twitter at Connect2Synapse, that's the number two, or visit our website for all things awesome, synapse-radio.com. <laughs>